0: The Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, September 17th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 210th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Since yesterday's episode, we don't really have any breaking Blackhawks news to talk about, but we did see a couple of their division rivals make some interesting moves, starting off with the Minnesota Wild, who had quite the busy day on Wednesday. They started off by signing shutdown defenseman Jonas Brodeen to a seven-year, $42 million contract, that's an AAV of $6 million per season. And I saw a lot of people think this was entirely too much for a guy like Dean. But in my opinion, he's one of the better shutdown defensemen in the entire NHL. He just doesn't get a lot of recognition or credit because he's not flashy and doesn't do all that much offensively. But Dean, he's the type of defenseman the Blackhawks could really use more of right now. Just a physical presence that's... A true stay-at-home defender. He's similar to Calvin DeHaan, but with without a doubt, he's a little bit better right now. Um, so, the Wild, they locked up a good one in Jonas Brodeen for the next seven years. But it won't come without a cost, as the team is rumored to trade... Uh, they're expected to trade, I should say. Uh, veteran defenseman Matt Dumba, after giving a lot of that guaranteed money to Brodeen and the Wild have honestly been kind of talking about moving Dumba for some time now. They could probably get a pretty solid return for him. Um, they're kind of in a rebuild mode at this point, so they could probably use some, some of uh, that return, some younger guys and draft picks or whatnot. Um, but signing Brodine may have also cost the team veteran leader Eric Stahl. As shortly after the signing of Brodine, the Wild announced that Eric Stahl had been traded to the Buffalo Sabres in a straight up one for one swap for Marcus Johansson. That's that's the trade Eric Stahl for Marcus Johansson. What are the Wild doing? I Get this makes the team a bit younger, I guess. They also just got Nick Bugstad, but Johansson is not straight up the same value as Eric Stahl, even for his age. This move kinda left me scratching my head. Not sure what wild general manager Bill Guerin is doing, but I don't know. I guess both players are in the final year of their current deals and they each do have some previous ties to the teams that they were traded to. Stahl was sent to Buffalo, where their current GM is Kevin Adams, who was a part of the 2006 Carolina Hurricanes team that won the Stanley Cup, where, of course, Eric Stahl was on that roster. Uh, and then for Joe Hansen, he has a connection to newly hired Wild head coach Dean Evison as when he was back in Washington, Evison was the assistant head coach there for the first Uh, several years of Johansson's career. So, while this deal does clearly favor the Sabres right out of the gate, Stahl will be locked in as their number two center right behind Jack Eichel, and then they have... Uh, Dylan Cousins coming up in the system. He'll probably be pushing for that number three center spot. This trade does have a chance to work out for both sides, but it was definitely interesting to see um, Minnesota go that route. They made a couple of moves, signing Jonas Brodine and acquiring Marcus Johansson for Eric Stahl. Um, They also just shipping out one of their major pieces is a real interesting move to get a guy who... He had Marcus Johansson had just thirty points in sixty games last season, so interesting to see what Billy Guerin is doing up in Minnesota and I guess we'll just have to wait and see till the twenty twenty twenty-one regular season if these moves will pay off. We also saw the St. Louis Blues make a couple of moves yesterday. The first was hiring former Dallas Stars head coach Jim Montgomery, who was fired by the Stars just 10 months ago after uh, some unprofessional conduct. Not really sure all what it was. They didn't get in too much depth ever about the situation. But they did add that he's been sober ever since, so I think it was something maybe alcohol-related or, I don't know, I'm not going to speculate because I don't want to suggest that Montgomery was doing any of these things. But uh, he's getting a second chance here in the NHL now with the Blues, where he will serve uh, as an assistant coach for the first time in his career to the Chief, Craig Barube. And that makes for a pretty strong coaching tandem they got out there in St. Louis now. uh, Where, funny enough, I saw, this is where not only did Jim Montgomery begin his career as a center in the NHL, uh, but he and his family actually moved out to St. Louis this summer to just kind of get away and get a little bit of a different lifestyle. And then, hey, just a few months later, as fate would have it, Jim Montgomery gets hired by the St. Louis Blues as an assistant coach. So Montgomery and Barube are teaming up in St. Louis to try and get the Blues back in the hunt for the Stanley Cup after uh, a first-round exit to the Vancouver Canucks this season. I had to be sure to throw that in there. Uh, and then the Wild are making some moves of their own to try and get their rebuild back on track. While our Blackhawks are still sitting quiet at the moment, supposedly waiting for goaltender Corey Crawford to make a decision on his contract offer from the Hawks before they go out and make any final decisions on our pending free agents. So, I think that will take care of all the latest news from around the Blackhawks and the Central Division from Wednesday. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about Seth Jarvis, who is a 2020 NHL draft prospect that the Blackhawks could be looking at selecting with the 17th overall pick. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and make sure to tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you'll ever need in any situation. One more time, be sure to check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection, and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. I also need to talk to you all about DoorDash, which is the best place to order the food you love online or through the DoorDash app. DoorDash has all your favorite eats near you for order delivery and for pickup with real-time order updates, contact-free delivery, and loads of restaurant reviews from other users. Right now, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps. Once again, DoorDash is the best place to order the favorite food, your favorite food online for order delivery or for pickup. And if you use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app today. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished talking about the latest moves by the division rival Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues. Now I want to be sure to discuss 2020 NHL draft prospect Seth Jarvis, who could be an option for the Blackhawks with that 17th overall pick. And if you tuned into Locked on Blackhawks throughout this week, then you've heard me discuss goaltender Yaroslav Askarov and forward Dylan Holloway. Well, there is a chance that both those guys are off the board when the Hawks are on the clock. And Jarvis is a guy who likely will be there at number 17, and he had an interesting season for the Portland Winter Hawks of the Western Hockey League. As he opened the year as a projected second-round pick, and through the first half of the season, he really struggled with just 35 points in 32 games, and his draft stock was plummeting a little bit. But after the Christmas break, Jarvis bounced back and was arguably the top player throughout the Western Hockey League as in the final 26 games of the season, he recorded an insane 63 points to finish second in the league in scoring with 42 goals and 98 points. And because of that rapid point production, Jarvis's draft stock has shot up immensely the last couple of months as he is now projected as a mid to late first round pick with a ton of potential goal scoring upside and looking at his draft rankings and as I've talked about throughout the week this is a very up in the air first round after the first 10 selections or so and some people they have Jarvis as going as high as 10 or 11 while others like Bob McKenzie for example he has him at 18 another scout has Jarvis at 29 so he's kind of all over the place But one thing we do know is that the Blackhawks will be looking to add a goal-scoring forward, likely a winger in the first round, if they do not select Yaroslav Askarov. And Jarvis is just that, looking at uh, some of his background. He's a Winnipeg, Manitoba native, and by the way, he's born in 2002, which is scary to think about. Um, but one thing that may hold the Blackhawks back from selecting Jarvis is his size as he's only five foot 11 and roughly 175 pounds. I've talked about how the Hawks are focused on trying to get bigger up front and they clearly still have some more work to do in that department after getting bodied around against the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs. So that is the one area where I am concerned about Jarvis. But only because we already have a smaller team up front, especially in our top six. Like we don't need another five foot ten goal scorer. We have Alex DeBrinkett. We already have one of those. But at the same time, we're not picking third overall again in this year's draft. We're picking 17th. So a lot of the players who we could have starred on the draft board may be gone by the time we are on the clock and. If that is the case, then we should definitely be looking at taking the best player available at the moment, which could be Seth Jarvis, and even though he's a smaller player, a lot of the scouting reports say that he's scrappy for his size, and his game has even been described as gritty a little bit with the willingness to take the puck hard to the net and go into board battles with full confidence that he's going to win them, and... Watching the film on this guy, talk about determination. He's a clear-cut hard worker out on the ice, usually giving a really solid effort on the back checks to force quick passes from defensemen. And he also gets time on the penalty kill because of the way uh, he plays. So while he is similar in size to Alex Dobrinkit, his game isn't really similar at all besides the goal scoring, which could entice the Blackhawks all the sco- uh, all the scouts also talk about just how smart of a player Jarvis is as he uses his vision to create a lot of scoring opportunities off of the rush where he was straight up dominant in the WHL if you watch his highlights from last season uh and while he's not the fastest skater which is a concern at the NHL level He's extremely agile and shifty, which has led to success so far in his junior career, but again, the NHL is a completely different game, so there are some worries about his top-end speed as a professional. But overall, most scouts like what they have saw from Jarvis this season, and I did as well from the couple of clips that I've watched, but I do admit that I have concerns about whether or not he'll be able to score consistently at the professional level because, before the breakout and the final 26 games of the regular season, uh, Jarvis, he was only a point-per-game player, and in, uh, in his first full season the year prior in the WHL, looking at his stats here, he only had 39 points in 61 games, which isn't horrible for a 17-year-old, but I also don't know if it's worth the 17th pick in the draft. I just think there's a bit more risk involved with Seth Jarvis than other picks. But as I said, the Blackhawks don't have the luxury this time around of picking exactly who they want out of the litter. Uh, I do like how gritty and how hard Jarvis works. I think he could be a solid player at the next level because of his determination. But I personally would really just like to see the Blackhawks go out and add some size and skill once again here in the first round. I think that's just really what they're missing right now in their lineup. Another big and physical winner who can play in the top six and win board battles and just go to the dirty areas to score goals. Um, So I just don't think Jarvis is their guy for those reasons but if he is the top player available on their draft board when the 17th pick is up then I wouldn't argue with the selection because there definitely is some potential to be a date there's definitely um some potential for Jarvis to be a dangerous top six goal scorer at the NHL level All right, I think that is going to wrap up Seth Jarvis's 2020 NHL draft profile. Now I think that will take us to our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Blackhawks during their short postseason run. But first, I need to talk to you all about Roman. Roman handles everything from treatment to delivery of brand name ED medication, genuine doctor prescribed medication from U.S. licensed physicians. Go to GetRoman.com slash NHL today, and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman can be prescribed online and delivered right to your front door. So be sure to go to GetRoman.com slash nhl today, and if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment from U.S. licensed physicians. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or at Hockey, Or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we just finished up talking about 2020 NHL draft prospect Seth Jarvis. Now it's time for our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, with today's feature being Blackhawks fourth-line winger Ryan Carpenter. So last offseason, Carpenter signed a very team-friendly three-year, $3 million deal with the Blackhawks. That's a $1 million AAV for all you math fans. Uh, So... The Hawks signed him to help sure up the team's penalty kill, which finished as the worst in NHL history during the 2018-19 regular season. And Carpenter did a good job to help out the Blackhawks in that department as they made a significant leap back in the top 10 in the league on the penalty kill. And then in the playoffs, Carpenter played a huge role in the PK's success. They struggled early against the Edmonton Oilers in the qualifying round. Connor McDavid had a couple of gross power play goals, but late in that series, the Hawks' PK found their groove and wound up killing off 14 consecutive penalties spanning from the end of that series versus Edmonton through the first four games of the first round against the Vegas Golden Knights. While Carpenter himself didn't rack up many points during the playoffs, he had just one assist in nine games, He was part of that fourth line with David Kampf and Matthew Highmore that were on the ice for a couple of huge goals in the playoffs. It's kind of unfortunate to see that Carpy wasn't rewarded more for his efforts on the stat sheet, but he was a big part of those fourth line cycles to create those opportunities, so he definitely deserves a little more credit than he'll get for in the playoffs because the fourth line... They played some really solid hockey on the offensive side of things, something they didn't do much of throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs, they were giving it their all in all three zones as well, not just on offense. They were really good defensively as well, and for us true Blackhawks fans, that kind of stuff doesn't go without notice. So looking at Carpenter's game logs throughout the postseason, they're not pretty by the way, he was a minus in four of the Blackhawks' nine games this postseason – But he was frequently on the ice against the opposing team's top players, who in the first round were Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and then against Vegas, he's getting looks against Mark Stone. And when he was playing against Vegas' fourth line, oh yeah, that's a fourth line made up of Ryan Reeves, Nicholas Waugh, and William Carrier, just three absolute lugs. So that's no gimme of a fourth line either. And that's kind of why Carpenter's plus-minus numbers don't look too good. But plus-minus is always a stat that comes with a huge asterisk next to it, so I'm never going to judge someone solely off of their plus-minus. But one thing that did stand out to me in Carpenter's game logs were the amount of shots on goal he was putting up. Out of the nine games played, Carpenter failed to put a shot on goal in only three of them, and for a fourth-liner who's not known for his offensive abilities, that's pretty solid, and we've talked about it a lot since the postseason came to an end for the Blackhawks. But they were just way too passive with the puck in the offensive zone. Uh, But Carpenter seemed to be one of the few forwards who wasn't. So in total, as I said, Carpenter finished with just one point in nine games. That assist came... In game four against the Edmonton Oilers, that was on a Matthew Highmore redirect goal. Um, But that was his only point of the postseason, and he finished with a minus four plus minus rating with zero penalty minutes, which is terrific for an important penalty killer for the Hawks. And he also had 10 shots on goal and 20 hits while averaging 13 minutes and 14 seconds of time on ice per game. And we know that... Carpenter isn't ever going to be a key offensive piece for the Blackhawks, so that one point in nine games, while it's certainly not great, it isn't a killer for me because he was playing great defensively, both at even strength and on the penalty kill, while he was also doing his best to pitch in on offense in the offensive zone, Um, and Carpenter, he's clearly a player that Jeremy Colleton has trust in at the moment, and for good reason, Carpenter's proven to be reliable. He's always willing to throw a hit or sacrifice his body in order to block a shot and get the boys riled up. And he played a decent role in the playoffs for Colleton. 13 minutes is a pretty hefty chunk for a fourth liner, so to speak. Um, so taking all of this into consideration, I am going to give Ryan Carpenter a B-minus for his performance in the postseason. I know he only had one point on the stat sheet, but he played a big part in Matthew Highmore's success in the playoffs, so I think Carpenter was a tad bit better offensively than most people will think, and he was also doing his best to put pucks on net, which is more than you can say about a couple of other forwards. And not to mention, he was playing pretty solid defensively as well, so he was a key part in the Blackhawks' success on the penalty kill against the Vegas Golden Knights. So I do think um, while Carpenter was playing really solid, there is a little bit more to his game that we didn't see, like... I can't give him an A after having just one assist in nine games, so I still think there's a bit more that Ryan Carpenter can give to us offensively. I know that's not his game, but he cycled the puck well, and I think he's due for a couple more points in the regular season potentially. Um, but for what we pay him and what we expect out of our fourth line, I think we can all agree that Ryan Carpenter did his job for the most part for the Blackhawks in the postseason. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Ryan Carpenter's 2020 postseason recap and Thursday, September seventeenth episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast for all the latest news from the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Blackhawks account at hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com or call 708 653 0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.